Well, welcome once again to The Village Perspective. I'm Pastor Nate Ramsey from Restoration Village Ministries. Just want to share some additional word with you concerning our message, the heart of God. We know as we're studying Jesus himself, it will reveal the heart of God. I say that because the scripture teaches that anyone who has seen Jesus has seen the Father. And that's St. John 14 and 9. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. St. John 10 and 30. So it is clear as we look into the scriptures that Jesus has the ability to reveal the heart of the Father because he and the Father are one. And we are looking carefully at the heart of God. I dare not, and I'll say this clearly, I dare not try to say that I have all insight, all wisdom, all knowledge about the heart of God. I am clearly learning more and more as I move forward in the Word of God and even my relationship with Him. But I think that this subject is such an important one for us to know because it is clear to me that God wants to reveal His heart to us, especially in times like these. St. John, first chapter, verses 1 through 3 and 14, simply states this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And then verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Once again, the scripture is clearly identifying, first of all, that the word of God was God and the word was made flesh. And that manifestation is Jesus the Christ himself. What an awesome, awesome thing to know that God chose to manifest himself in the flesh amongst us through his son, Jesus the Christ. Now, knowing and trusting Jesus for and through salvation opens the door to the heart of God. Jesus himself revealed the Father because the scripture teaches in Colossians 1 and 15 that he is talking about Jesus, the image of the invisible God. Now, let me just back up a moment because I want to be clear. When I said knowing, trusting him for salvation opens the door to the heart of God, I said that because simply I believe that God with all of his heart, all of his desire for us, everything that was within him came through the plan of salvation and Jesus Christ, our Savior. So when we think about he cared so much about us that he created us in his likeness and in his image, it is just an awesome thing to think about what God must have had in mind when he created man. And then when Jesus was manifested in this earth, he was born and he came into this earth. The Bible says he is the image 
of the invisible God. The word image itself means exact visible representation of someone or something. Now, when we start talking about Jesus being the exact visible representation of someone or something, we're talking about God who is invisible because he is spirit, chose to send a representation of himself that would be visible in the man Christ Jesus. If that does not manifest a opening of his heart and a sharing of the heart of God to the people, I don't know what does. Because God is showing us that he wants us to be able to see him as he is. Not such a distant God so far away that we cannot envision or even know who he is. But he sent his son, Jesus the Christ, so that we in our natural state would be able to have a visible representation of who he is. The word image in the Greek means a likeness, statue, profile, representation, or resemblance. So all of those words clarify the fact that God wanted us to be able to have a representation of who he is. If you can see the heart of Jesus, and I'll make this statement clearly, if you can see the heart of Jesus through the scriptures and personal experiences, then you are seeing the heart of God. If you can see the heart of Jesus through the scriptures and personal experiences, then you are seeing the heart of God. And it's so important. It's so important that we see the heart of God in the midst of the word of God, in the midst of our personal experiences, simply because God wants us to see him for who he is, how real he is, how intimate he can be with us, and how he can show himself as being the God of glory. Very man, but very God. And that's something that is beneficial for us as believers, as Christians. I think many times we continue to want to take a view of the God that we serve as one that so far away from us, so far that we cannot touch him, so far that we cannot understand him, so far that we cannot envision him even sharing himself with us, the very insights of who he is and all that he is. But that is not the mindset that I believe that God has for us. That is not who he is. And I'm so grateful that God wants us to see him just as he is. Now, in Christ. We see God as the Savior of all mankind. The scriptures clearly declare that. And when we look at Christ as being our Savior, as being our Redeemer, as being our Deliverer, we have to know that 
God made a plan for mankind. And in that plan was the manifestation in this earth realm of Jesus the Christ. The plan was to give man an opportunity to come back to him, to be restored back to him. And if that doesn't show the heart of God, if that's not showing the love of God, then I don't know what is. Because man had blown it. He had clearly made the mistakes in sin that would have separated him, that separated him from God. But God already had a plan in place, a plan that would clearly allow him to return, to be delivered, and to come back to him in the proper place that he has. Salvation itself is such an awesome thing. God, as the Savior of all mankind, desires all to come to him, just to know him and experience salvation. In the Greek, the word salvation is sozo or soteria which means to heal, to deliver, or protect. And he offers that to us. And it is so valuable for us to understand the importance and the need to receive salvation. The Bible says in the book of Acts 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among man, whereby we must save. And that name is the name of Jesus. So God put that plan in place where no other name, no one else could do what Jesus did. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how well they've been established in this world. It doesn't matter the excellence of knowledge or wisdom or whatever they may be. There's only one name that God has established and put in place under heaven that is given unto men whereby we must be saved. And that name is at the name of Jesus. So as we move forward, spending in time in prayer and his word, we find out helps to reveal the heart of God as well. If I take this a moment to share this with you, just this comparison, as a child spends time with his father, he gets to know him personally. Clearly, if you are in the presence of someone on a regular basis, or especially in this situation, we're saying that as a child spend time with his father, he would begin to know him personally, not just from a distance, but very intimately and closely. We ourselves must look at this and say it is important as well for us to spend time with God as children of God to get to know him on a deeper level. Now, I know people get to know one another in many different ways, but we're talking about a relationship with the Father here. We're talking about a relationship that goes deeper than any relationship that you can imagine. Because getting to know God from a surface standpoint is vastly different from knowing Him intimately. Prayer is our most basic form of communication with God. So we must keep in mind that we can use that clearly to get to know him in a very intimate way. Jesus taught that man ought to always pray 
and not faint or not lose heart. And that's in Luke 18 and 1. And when I think about that, that's something that's so valuable for us, knowing that we can continue at any time. I can pray while I'm driving. I can pray in the morning. I can pray at night. There's no limit on the time frame. He's always there for us to communicate with him in that manner. And that clearly helps us to get to know him in a greater capacity. Jesus himself knew how to move the heart of the Father because he knew the Father's heart. In the book of John, 11th chapter, there is a story about the death of a man named Lazarus. He reminded Martha that if she believed, she would see the glory of God. Now, Lazarus was Martha's brother. And Jesus reminded her that if she would believe, if she would have faith in God, she would see the glory of God in her life. In his prayer to the Father, Jesus said that he was thankful that he heard him, that the Father would continue to hear him, hear him, and that he always hears him. St. John eleven forty through 42. This was a great example in the scripture of the consistency of his relationship and spoke to the intimacy that Jesus had with the Father. Of course, in the end, if you read the story, Jesus spoke saying, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth alive and well and lived on for many years. That miracle was a miracle that was demonstrated primarily because of the power that Jesus had, and it came from his relationship with the Father. The more we communicate, the more we learn. The more we learn, the more we want to learn. And we must never forget that. Our communication will inspire our learning. I don't know about you, but I want to learn more about him. I want to see him in greater capacities and in greater levels of wisdom and understanding and knowledge than I've ever seen him before. Because when I do, then I am gifted by God to be able to share what I've learned with others such that God will be glorified in my relationship, which is vertical, and I can help him be glorified with someone else which is horizontal. James 4 and 8 simply states this. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. It's hard to communicate with someone in the natural when they are far away from you. And I'm just talking physically right now. When someone is physically distanced from you, and you've seen it, you may see someone coming down the street that you that you know and they may not notice you and you're trying to get their attention. But because of the distance, the natural physical distance that's between you, it is hard for them to hear in order to respond to you. The principle is the same in the spirit realm, but it's not about physical distance. It's about us surrendering our spirit man in our times of prayer and times of worship and our times of, of studying and listening to the heart and the mind of God 
uh, by his precious Holy Spirit. That's what God is looking for from us. The more that we do that, then the greater our level of communication will be, the easier it will be for us to communicate with him. As a matter of fact, it will be easier even in the most difficult times because there is a pattern in place. There's a consistency that has been established with that communication. And when he calls, we can answer. Or vice versa, when we call, he will answer. But it's because we have an established line of communication. We are on the same frequency. Hallelujah. That's so important to understand the need to be on God's frequency. Many of us are on some frequencies, but they're not God's frequency. And I encourage you in your communication with him to get on his frequency. It's clear and it's well established that when communication is unclear, the proper intent is lost. Now, that's important. If you just think about it for a moment, whatever God wants to share with us so that he can bless, that he can strengthen, that he can encourage and guide and direct us. If we are not allowing proper communication to take place, because it's clear that God wants to speak to us. The question is, do we want to hear what he has to say? When the communication is not clear, then the proper intent is lost. In other words, what God wants to accomplish cannot be accomplished. What we need to hear from him, we cannot hear because the communication is unclear. When we begin to think about prayer, I want to clearly state this, that prayer is more about the communication than the answer that we're seeking. Now, is the answer important? It absolutely, positively is very important. But with God, because he knows the end from the beginning, he knows how to get the things to us that we need to have when we need to have it in the manner that he needs to dispense it. So to us, many times it's about the answer, but to him, it's about the cornea. It's about the communication itself. It's about what is established in the midst of that communication that brings about such a level of comfort, such a level of peace and joy and wisdom and insight that can only come from a living God. So with God, it's about the communication and what's built and established during that time of communication. As we spend time alone with God in prayer, it fosters a deeper relationship with him and creates greater intimacy. Now, I've been speaking about intimacy, but let's talk about deep things just for a moment. Because with God, the deeper that we go, the deeper that we pursue him, the greater the reward. If you want greater intimacy, then be willing to launch out into the deep. Because that's where the harvest is greater. Jesus told the disciples when they were fishing on the boat, they said, launch out into the deep for a greater catch. There's a greater reward. 
Is there a greater risk when we go into the deep? Absolutely. But the reward certainly always outweighs the risk. The more intimate we are with him, the more our desires would be aligned with his. And it's so important that we understand that our desires has to be what his desires are. We have to continue to want to be in tune with his desires. When our desires align with his, then what he wants, we want. What he loves, we love. What he hates, we hate, and so forth and so on. Our desires, our hearts are in tune with his and they align with him. And it brings about the manifestation of the very essence of the God of glory. Oh, what an awesome, awesome thought to know that we can, by his spirit, according to his word, with that communication connection that we have, think like he thinks feels like he feels in the midst of God knows how to download into us what he's feeling and what his desires are. I've had it happen to me. And in the midst of it, I actually had to ask him to back away. God, not so much, not anymore, because I was not physically and in my spirit able to handle all that he was sharing. And I learned from that to not ask God for something that you may not be properly prepared to receive. Seeking to know the heart of God is a very serious and rewarding endeavor. Doing so puts us, I believe, in the middle of his divine will. If I can say this to us today, I believe when you know the heart of God, you don't doubt his hand. I'll say that again. When you know the heart of God, you don't doubt his hand. The book of Psalms clearly states, 37th chapter, 25th verse, I was, David said, I was once young and now I'm old. He said, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. The more we know and learn about the Lord through the avenues available to us, the more we can learn how to trust him, especially in times of need, because that's the greatest challenge for us. It's not the bad times that creates the greatest challenge for us. And, and, and I don't want to clear this up. When we are doing well, and we got everything going right for us, that's the most difficult time that we have because we still have to have a desire to pursue him. We have to have a desire to want what he wants and to hear from him. And when you have what you think you need and everything that you desire, then it's clearly a challenge to be able to still seek him that he may be fine. The psalmist said this in Psalms 42 and 1. He said, As the deer pants for the water brooks, 
so my soul panteth after thee, O God. What an awesome, awesome description. There's such a thirst. There's such a hunger. They that thirst and hunger after righteousness, the Bible says, shall be filled. The Bible states that David himself was a man after God's own heart because God saw his heart. He positioned and anointed him to be king over his people. I believe that when God sees a heart that is after his, then the universe becomes the limit. David received such favor from God because of his heart towards him. David became, even in the midst of his shortcomings, what's considered the greatest king of all Israel. So when God sees a heart that is after his heart, it clearly shows that the universe, not the world, not the sky, but the universe becomes the limit. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Thank you once again for listening. If you come back next week, we're going to be starting a new word. Just stand. So until next time, always remember, stay blessed and keep God first.